second like Russo. Hey, guess what? It's time for making kayfabe podcast, bro. You guys rule. Oh no, say it ain't bro, it's making kayfabe here and it's time for Book It Light Russell 4 if you bro what I mean. Today, we're going to find out truly how bro can you go as we let it bro on free stupendous, or stupid, fancy bookings influenced by the deity known as Vince Russo. So sit down, take the bro off, you know, maybe grab yourself some Krispy Kreme bro nuts as you listen to free bro freshionals lay down some of the finest, most bromantic Russo bookings you have ever heard. My name is Bryce, I'm joined by not one person today but two, as is tradition, so let me just go ahead and introduce a few of my, or a couple of my fellow Russo enthusiasts today. So first off, what can I say about this guy? He's Dylan. Hey Dylan, how are you doing? Hi. You put a lot of puns into that intro. I'm very impressed. Do you like it? Yeah. You really, really did a lot of work, you, you know, to... to Fill as many bros in as possible. As if, as if we're not going to hear a million bros in the next hour and a half. <laughs> like, I've, I've been, this is the fourth one. I'm trying to use different bro puns every time. It's not easy. Like, there's no. only so many words that rhyme with bro, you know? They're not called, they're not called puns. They're called bro-nouns. <laughs> <laughs> and the episode has peaked. Uh, one minute in. <laughs> And next, you may recognise his voice uh, from Book It Like Russell 1, 2, and 3. He designs our episode artwork. It's Tyler. How are you doing, Tyler? Um, you know what? Uh, I, I wish I could say I was doing well, but I listened to last week's episode um, where you mm, ranked mm. The, the best episodes of Making Kayfabe, and I noticed that none of the Book It Like Russo episodes were on there. And you know, you guys, you guys pay me a lot to be here. You know, the, we we still need to kind of fine tune the contracts and the merch deals and what have you. Mm, but mm. You, these people that are listening to your podcast, they don't they don't respect the work of Vince Russo. They don't they don't love this. The way why was it not number one episode? That's my question. There is there's a good reason. We we were just simply trying. To, well, first of all, we have so many episodes. It was tough to go through them all so what we tried to do was just do the main series ones obviously if we put all of the vince russo episodes <laughs> in they would automatically be number one there would be no intrigue no no mystery we wouldn't you know it's like the top five would be vince russo one two and three and then bwo <laughs> oh no BWO. <laughs> right this answer bwo is coming very diplomatic very diplomatic answer are you guys of the opinion that that book it like russo isn't the main series <laughs> the, the, the rest are bonus episodes yeah <laughs> it's, it's just... they, these people that listen to the podcast they don't deserve us I mean, I will say that it, it, Book It Like Russell 1, 2, and 3 did get some votes, just not enough votes <laughs> uh, to, to win, unfortunately. So. Yeah, but they were all from Vince Russo. <laughs> yeah, from, from Vince Russo. He was, it was, he was me. Like, did I, I must have wrote, did I write these? I think I wrote these. <laughs> he forgets what he's booked. <laughs> did I make Braun Strowman Brandy Rhodes? Did I write that Russo erotica? Did I what? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, I guess, is the long and short of it. You're good. Okay, that, that, that's good. You, so, you sound good. You don't sound like you've got a chip on your shoulder or anything, so that's fine. Um, but t- tell you what, let's get into, into some actual Russo rebooking. So if you heard the 
First three editions of Book It Like Russo, you know the deal. So each of us is going to take a shot at some Russo-esque booking, whether that be booking a wrestling storyline influenced by Russo himself, or as we found in previous seasons, actually booking Russo himself. Uh, we're going to go in the order of Bryce, Dylan, Tyler, as is tradition, each segment of their... Um, <laughs> As as is tradition, the, the Canadian prince is dipping his arms into the pudding. As is tradition, um, what, what, is, what am I talking about? Uh, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll be uh, imagining. I'll be imagining Vince Russo booking the WWE return of Bray Wyatt. Tyler will be imagining what I'm led to believe is some Russo-influenced erotica, and uh, Dylan has uh, a Russo interaction based on wrestlers with jobs. So. There's a lot to get through, folks, so why are we just waiting around here making fucking South Park jokes? Let's get to it. Let's let it, bro. Do it like Russo, bro. There ain't any other way. All right, I'll kick things off here. So as we all know, on July 31st, 2021, almost a year ago now, Bray Wyatt was released from WWE and an absolute shocker. Uh, Wyatt had been an on-screen character as one of WWE's most pushed acts since 2013, whether that was under his cult leader gimmick or his whatever the fuck the fiend was gimmick. Big, scary, magical, burned guy. Since then, at the time of this writing, we haven't yet seen Wyatt resurface anywhere. And, um, you know, lots are saying that he's a, a can't-miss opportunity for AEW, but the roster is so stacked as of April in 2022 that it's difficult, difficult to imagine where he'd fit in. His past characters wouldn't fit in too well in the pure wrestling ring of honour and the general opinion seems that joining Impact would be a bit of a disappointment his wrestling style doesn't fit in with many Japanese or Mexico based promotions so where does he go? I have the answer well I don't but the, the new booking consultant hired by WWE sure does you see there, there's this mysterious guy online who goes by the subtle name Mark Hater on a Pole 69 Bro, who has been messaging Vince McMahon over AOL Messenger for the last few years or so. Yeah, AOL Messenger, uh, McMahon's only online form of communication that we know of as wrestling fans. And normally McMahon would ignore something like this. I mean, random messages from strangers with 69 in your username, you know, he gets that kind of thing all the time. But this one was different. The person on the other end of the username Mark Hater on a Pole 69 bro somehow knows a lot about McMahon. He knows things about McMahon that only a writer from the Attitude Era would know. And McMahon feels a wave of familiarity hit him with every time this person behind the account says, bro. You see, Mark Hater on a Pole 69 bro has been dropping booking suggestions to McMahon for a while now. The, the account suggested smash hits such as the zombie lumberjack match, Seth Rollins <laughs> taking out Rey Mysterio's eye, the Lashley, Lana, Rusev, Liv Morgan love triangle square thing. All of these storylines had huge critical success, and by critical success, I mean that Vince McMahon loved them, and that's all that matters. You know, if, if, if Vince McMahon ever needed to rename his company again, he'd rename it WWE FVM, which stands for World Dressing Entertainment for Vince McMahon. Anyway, Mark Hater on a Pole 69 Pro has just pitched his greatest storyline yet to McMahon, and McMahon can't wait to get it started. Of course, it does involve him having to go back on a decision he made previously, but Vince McMahon's never had any issues with contradicting himself. He does it all the time, so he gets on the phone, he throws a whole bunch of money in the direction of Wyndham Rotonda, and before you can say, duh, Bray Wyatt is part of the WWE roster again. Now, a slight bit of context to aid the rest of the story. It's essential knowledge at this stage that Bray Wyatt's character in WWE has a long-term obsession with the term 
Firefly. And he'd call his followers Fireflies, and that would be characterised in what I think is, an, no joke here, an absolutely iconic entrance, with him coming down to the ring in darkness, and his fans illuminating the darkness with their phone torches. It, it was really cool, and really, really cool, but... On top of that, we all remember the, the the famous or infamous Firefly Funhouse match with John Cena, which had a whole lot of crazy shit going on. So say what you want about it, but I don't think anyone can argue that it was it wasn't at least entertaining. Anywho, that's enough about that. Just bear in mind the Firefly theme to Bray Wyatt's character as we step knee deep into the sewers here. <laughs> so here we go. This is this is my Russo booking of Bray Wyatt's return to WWE. So, the wrestling world is abuzz. Bray Wyatt is returning to WWE and WWE are wasting no time in re-re-revealing Bray Wyatt to the world. The news breaks on Sunday and hours later he's been advertised for Raw on Monday. So finally, Bray Wyatt is coming back to save the show. Let's hope they don't screw this one up. And as Monday Night Raw begins, we are immediately plunged into a vignette where there is a, a fire pit. And it's, it's framed in such a way that there's somebody just off screen. You know, we can see their arms as they hold a bundle of what looks like clothes. And they start to throw these clothes into the fire pit. So first we see a, a red sweater front of the fire pit. So that is the red sweater that Bray wore for his Firefly Funhouse segment. It is then followed by Rambling Rabbit, one of Bray's puppets in the aforementioned segment. These get followed by several other items for the fire, but the last one to meet the raging inferno is the mask of a character once known as the Fiend. So Bray is burning everything that connected him with the Fiend, a gimmick which, towards the end of its run, was met with some negative reviews. So did he did he throw Alexa Bliss in the fire? Because Alexa Bliss too, she's gone. Like fucking her doll too, and uh, all of it. Damn it, down my Alexa just activated there. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> That was a problem for the whole episode on Alexa Bliss. It really was. Uh, But not anymore. It's turned off. So the segment ends there. And we see that Bray Wyatt is going to reveal his new identity next week on Raw. So, so far so good. You know, think the long-suffering WWE fans. You know, they're getting rid of the Fiend. Awesome. It's about time he got a new character. Boy, I can't wait to see what they do with him. I hope it's great. Well... Let's just see what happens here. He's an ice hockey player. He's, damn it, Dylan! <laughs> <laughs> the return of the goon. Finally! If anybody can pull it off, it's going to be Bray Wyatt. That's it. Uh, yeah, goon part two. Yeah. <laughs> it's not an ice hockey player. We get to next week on Raw. And, and once again, in the opening segment, because he's going to be the absolute focus of these shows, we're going to get a dose of Wyatt. Or are we? I mean, we're going to see his new identity, that's for sure. The commentators prepare us by talking about all that Bray Wyatt achieved in WWE, and then the lights dim. They dim very, very low, and from the PA system, we hear Bray Wyatt's iconic theme music, The Living Fear by Mark Crozer, but a slightly different version. It's kind of kind of like it's been played on kazoos. Um, you know, <laughs> what the hell? The, the kazoos make it sound like the vocals are almost buzzing which is very strange. And then the truly strange thing happens, because from behind the curtain, out walks a man who resembles Bray Wyatt, but he's dressed in red. And I'm talking like red lycra all over, covering his entire torso, his legs, but 
Not his head, his head's a different story. He still has the dreadlocks that the Wyatt character once had and the beard to go along with it, but they're dyed red. And he also has like a small mask, kind of like the like the kind you'd see Robin from Batman wear that can only covers his eyes. That's red too. Why is Bray Wyatt so red? And as he walks down to the ring, the announcer makes it all clear. The ring announcer makes it all clear. He announces Wyatt's new character to the utter despair of the audience. Ladies and gentlemen, making his way down to the ring, he hails from the land of light. Please welcome the Firefly. (laughs) And the audience groan as the Firefly steps into the ring. I cannot stress enough how red this guy's outfit and general appearance is. But wait, there's more. Because the Firefly is going to speak. That's right, he's grabbed a microphone. And at this point, the audience are thinking, you know, okay, he looks ridiculous, but Bray Wyatt is one of the best promos of the last couple of decades. So maybe he can save this character here with one of his legendary promos, as long as he gives him good material. So even now, the audience are willing to give this character a chance. And the lights stay off as the music fades. You know, this is the moment. It's make or break for the character now. And let's be honest, it's looking real close to break. The crowd fall to silence, ready to cling on to the Firefly's every word. It's deadly quiet. All eyes in the room are on the Firefly. You could hear a pin drop. Finally, the Firefly raises the microphone to his lips. He takes a deep, deep breath and says, Bzzz. And then immediately his music hits and he drops the microphone. <laughs> If it was possible to die from disappointment, the Firefly would be the deadliest mass murder in history by now. What the fuck was that? Buzz? Buzzing like a bug? Where's the famous Bray Wyatt epic promo and delivery? What happened to his Mrs. Teacher Lady promo and all the rest? It's been replaced by Buzz. But that's not all. There's still one more thing to happen in this segment before Raw rolls on. The cameras stay on the Firefly as he steps over the microphone he just dropped. He slowly makes his way to the stage side of the ring. He steps through the ropes. He walks down the step to the arena floor. He starts slowly pacing up the entrance ramp, but the lights then go out completely. We can't see a thing. It's pitch black. That is until the Firefly's ass lights up. He has... And he walks up the entrance ramp, the illuminating glow of the Firefly's rear end throws light upon the stunned audience either side of the ramp. You, you lost me for a while, but now I'm back in. I am like... You're, you're back. <laughs> if his ass lights up like a Firefly, 100% yeah. put into I mean, the gimmick. Li- you saved it. You gotta, you gotta go all in with the gimmick, dude. That's it. And like... You know, clearly Mark Hater on a pole, 69 bro, and Vince McMahon thought the million dollar idea here would be to place a lamp on the ass of the Firefly so that his ass glows like a real Firefly. Think of the merchandise opportunities. I'm I'm like, look, genuinely, why didn't they do that with Rikishi? Like, you could have got, like, the sun shines out of his ass. He, he he's got the most ass based gimmick, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. you know that beat the the Kardashian photo shoot where she's like opening a bottle of champagne and it's like her butt's huge and it's they should have done that with Rikishi as well. <laughs> yes. Why they didn't? Anyway, Rik- sorry. Rikishi could have broke the internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Rikishi breaks the internet. That's the next. That's the next episode, guys. Spoiler alert. 
That's it. Yeah, Booker Labour's so funny. Here we come. But so Bray Wyatt, the, the Firefly, his ass is alight, and he just slowly walks to the backstage area with his ass completely illuminated. And then, as Raw's rating drops faster than ever before, the show goes on. And as Raw ends two and a half hours later, Mark Hater on a poll 69 bro sends Vincent Mann one emoji via AOL Messenger. A thumbs up. Next week, the Firefly is going to make his Raw debut. And at the top of the show, we see that the Firefly has been advertised to take on Dolph Ziggler in a one-on-one match. Before the match begins, we see a recap of the Firefly's debut and promo last week. In case you need a reminder, here's the whole promo in its entirety. That sounds like Raw, doesn't it? Like, here's the entire segment again. Like, yeah. the whole fucking thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah from start to finish. Yeah. Thankfully, it's a very short promo. Uh, anyway, Dolph Ziggler, he's now staring cro- across the ring from the Firefly. And to add a bit more mystique to the whole gimmick, the, the arena is very dark. So, literally, the fans in the arena and the fans at home can barely see what's going on. And... The bell rings, and, and gentlemen, do you remember the lamp that Bray Wyatt used to carry to the ring with him? Yeah. He used to carry a gas lamp to the ring and, and place it in the corner every time, and I'm delighted to say he's done the same here. So, when the bell rings, the gas lamp turns on, and the Firefly is just immediately drawn to it. He completely ignores <laughs> Dolph Ziggler on the other side of the ring from him, and fixes his gaze towards the bright light in the corner of the ring. He kind of like baby steps around it, buzzing relentlessly, almost in a state of catatonia, the brightness of this particular light, just like a real bug. And Dolph Ziggler shouts from across the ring, trying to get the Firefly's attention, but it's no use, he's too busy buzzing. Eventually, Ziggler gets tired of this. Since the Firefly's back is turned to him, Ziggler simply rolls him up into a schoolboy pin. One, two, three. Dolph Ziggler has defeated the Firefly. And he celebrates in the middle of the ring as the Firefly is just uncaring. He just buzzes around the gas lamp. That is, until it turns off and he starts to look shocked. He runs over to the referee and he sees, as he sees Dolph Ziggler winning, apparently complaining that it wasn't fair that he lost the match. He points over to that hot piece of ass in the corner of the gas lamp and tries to explain that it's impossible for him to do anything with that thing on. But of course, the referee can't understand him. The Firefly only communicates via buzzing. So the segment ends there with the Firefly in despair. Next week, we've got another one-on-one match with the Firefly. And this time, the Firefly is taking on Dolph Ziggler's tag team partner in the Dirty Dogs, Robert Roode. And this time, Ziggler's going to be at ringside. And well... The same thing happens again, except Dolph Ziggler turns on the gas lamp himself to distract the Firefly. And of course, the Firefly starts buzzing around the light. Bobby Roode rolls him up, and the Firefly loses the match. So, yep, yeah, exact same outcome. Raw rolls on. But the week after that, you know, so the reaction to the Firefly has inexplicably not been so great so far. Um, some may even go as far to say that it is being universally hated on. Uh, now, fortunately, Vince McMahon has his own universe, so the WWE universe, but Mark Hater on a poll 69 bro sends him a message warning that the TV ratings will tank if we continue things like this, so a slight tweak needs to be made. And McMahon starts to question Mark Hater on a poll 69 bro's booking qualifications, reminding him that he got him into this mess. And let me tell you, Mark Hater on a poll 69 bro does not take kindly to that accusation. He types back furiously, bro, 
I swear to God, if you if you point the finger at me for this, I will walk out. I'll leave right now, bro, because if you don't respect me, bro, then I have no reason to be here. And he hits send and then accidentally attaches a voice clip of him snorting a truckload of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing he took that. I gotta record the audio of this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent I have cocaine. Pulled. I wonder what it sounds like when I take cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what you think. Uh, Vince McMahon apologises profusely. Who is he to doubt Mark Cater on a poll 69 bro? He says, it won't happen again, but politely requests some ideas for where to steer the story next because the Firefly needs to be over and over quick. And he doesn't mean over as in done. He means over as in not getting memed to oblivion on Twitter. And Mark Cater on a poll 69 bro thinks for a moment and he says, Bro, have you ever seen the film A Bug's Life? <laughs> it's Pixar, bro. You should totally check it out. You might learn a thing or two. But anyway, my point is, you've only got one bug on the roster right now. A firefly. And what if that firefly was joined by other bugs, bro? Because, bro... A Bug's Life didn't just feature one bug. It had the whole fucking insectarium. So anyway, we get to next week on Raw. And out comes a Firefly to the usual what the fuck is going to happen now reaction from the audience. He gets in the mic and cuts another legendary Firefly promo. You know, bzz, 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 bzz. But wow. crucially... That was pretty good. It's a good promo, mm-hmm. but it's a delivery every time. But yeah. it's like a, that was like a pipe bomb. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you gotta warn us before you start dropping, dropping shit like bombs. that on us, man. That's. I mean, you're already sitting down. What else can I do? Really hit me, you know. But crucially for this promo, we've now got subtitles, so we can understand what he's saying. And they they appear in the Titantron as a Firefly cuts his promo, and in Firefly's, the Firefly says. I see that I have become outnumbered in my quarrels with the dirty dogs. There are two of them and only one Firefly. Well, it's time to turn the tables. I stand here as a Firefly who is no longer alone. My insect brethren are finally here to join me in my quest for destruction against the dirty dogs. So without further ado, please bring them out. And three men come out onto the stage and they are instantly recognizable because they are all very big names in the wrestling world they're kind of they're kind of dressed differently though something definitely doesn't seem right here and introducing the cast of the firefly's new faction the buzzwords firstly we have the buzzwords big b formerly known as big e his voice may sound like honey, but he packs a mean sting. And if you stand in his way, let me tell you, you won't be standing much longer. Yeah. <laughs> You're winning somebody over. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. You've got, yeah, 100%. I don't care about the other two. Big E as a bumblebee. Big <laughs> just e, Big B. Like, just Big E dressed as a bumblebee. Is he dressed as like yeah, a bee? Has he got a bee yeah. outfit? Of course he is, yeah. Got the yellow and black and all that shit, yeah. He's very yeah. fuzzy, yeah. Secondly, joining Big E, the Firefly is fortunate enough to have another major star in his stable, somebody who has also recently returned to WWE. It's Antonio Cesaro, now known as Ant Antonio Cesaro. The commentators have said for years that pound for pound, Cesaro was one of the strongest men on the roster. Well, pound for pound, ants are one of the strongest animals on the planet, being able That's to lift, lift, lift up to 20% of their own body weight. So... 
just makes sense, right? And O'Neill yeah. Desaro. It just makes sense, people. It just makes sense. Don't question it. I'm no. telling you, it makes sense. That's member two. And of course, last but certainly not least, we have Ray Mosquito Jr. He loves hey. sucking blood and spreading disease. Anyway, <laughs> that's, that's all we need to know about him. Superb. Absolutely Thank you. Superb. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, via subtitles, the Firefly explains that no longer can he be distracted by bright lights. Now that his new faction, the Buzzword, are around, nobody can stop the Firefly's ascension to the top of the food chain. Next week, we have the rematch of the century. It's the Firefly versus Dolph Ziggler, but crucially, the Buzzword are now at ringside to counter the other half of the Dirty Dogs, Robert Roode. Uh, as the match starts, the arena... It's clouded in darkness. The ringside cameras have now been upgraded with night vision so we can actually see what's going on. When the bell rings, we see Robert Roode stepping towards the gas lamp, but alas, he cannot reach it because Big B, Antonio Cesaro and Rey Mosquito Jr. are standing in his way. Surprisingly though, Robert Roode saw this coming and he pulls a torch out of his pocket. Oh no. He shines a torch at the Firefly, but in a moment of genius, Rey Mosquito Jr. throws a pair of sunglasses towards his leader. The Firefly puts on the sunglasses, therefore making him impervious to light. With his newfound ability to not get distracted by some sexy light, the Firefly pulls Dolph Ziggler into his finishing move, Sister Abigail, now known as the Fireflight, and gets the pin. One, two, three. The Firefly has recorded his first victory in WWE. His faction, the Buzzword, jump into the ring and celebrate with him. They all buzz around the ring, buzz, 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 like a little group of happy insects. But then, shit gets very real. As the Dirty Dogs get into the ring and they throw a fireball at the Firefly. It catches him in the face, blinding him. The Firefly falls to the ground as the Buzzword gather around him, tending to him, making sure he's okay as the dirty dogs flee up the ramp. When they reach the top of the ramp, Dolph Ziggler pulls out a microphone and cuts a promo on the Firefly. He says, Firefly, those are some nice sunglasses you got there, but I know you can't defeat me without them. So how about at the next premium live event, we make things interesting. And we stick those sunglasses on a pole. That's right, Mm -hmm. we're having a pole match. Mm -hmm. Oh, and also, I can see you don't like fire, so we're going to up the ante a little bit here. In this pole match, we're going to surround the ring with fire. Oh yes, it's the first ever sunglasses on a pole inferno match. (laughs) And you'll never guess what happens next, because we... And then he cuts off. And Raw cuts off. The, the audio feed goes dead. The, the video feed goes dead. All we see is a black screen with white writing uh, reading simply, USA Network regrets to inform fans of WWE Raw that the show has been cancelled with immediate effect. For any queries, please go to WWE.com. <laughs> the US Network, the USA Network has taken Raw off the air. The awful feedback the show has gotten because of the Firefly wow. character over the last few weeks has led the USA to cancelling the multi-million dollar contract. <laughs> and when this happens, WWE shareholders make an urgent trip to Stanford, Connecticut. You know, they demand a meeting with Vince McMahon. And when they were turned down due to the McMahon's mountain of work, they storm the office of the WWE chairman. 
And as Vince McMahon looks on in disbelief, the WWE's top shareholders grab him by the arms, dragging him from his desk. They are forcibly removing him from office, something they should have done a long time ago, because he is literally destroying the WWE day by day. The Firefly is just the latest example of this. He's been doing it for years. <laughs> and as Vince has been dragged away, he yells out, Stop! It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was a man on AOL Messenger. Mark Cater on a poll 69, bro. Seriously, check my computer right now, damn it! You'll see, you'll see everything! So the shareholders, they log on to Vince McMahon's PC and they find AOL Messenger. They look everywhere on AOL Messenger, but Mark Cater on a poll 69, bro, it's nowhere to be found. No live chats, no chat logs, no contact at all with anybody under the name Mark Cater on a poll 69, bro. The shareholders, they inform Vince McMahon of the news and McMahon stops fighting. He's now in abject shock. Mark Hater on a poll 69 bro was just informing him about where to take the Firefly character next, but the shareholders, they're, they're saying that Mark Hater on a poll 69 bro doesn't exist? How can this be? How can this possibly be? Vince McMahon starts having an existential crisis right there in his office, surrounded by his most valued shareholders. He thinks out loud. He doesn't exist? What, was it Was it really me all along? Am I the one destroying my own company with terrible booking decisions? No, it can't be. It can't be. And McMahon continues his insane ramblings as the shareholders carry him towards the door. And as McMahon resists, a familiar-looking man walks into the office. The shareholders greet this mysterious man. They, they smile, they wave, some even stop to shake his hand. The man grins a charming grin. He walks past everybody, stopping at the desk which Mr. McMahon once occupied. He takes a deep breath, hesitates for a moment, and then sits down at the desk. The new shareholder-appointed CEO of WWE watches as an enraged, psychotic Vince McMahon is being dragged out of the office by the angry mob. He makes eye contact with McMahon just briefly and says, Don't let the door hit you in the way out. Bro. The end. Yes! Swerve at the end. Vin- Vinny Roo in charge of the dub dub. I mean, that's it. what we're all yeah. looking for, yeah. I tell you what, I am. Um, at this point, yeah. I, I do like how. I, if, if anybody listens to our Patreon page, they would have heard um, that I was challenged by Bryce to rebook SmackDown. Be, like, how would you get SmackDown being taken off the air? And I wove a tale of, of woe and intrigue that uh, Bryce knows all too well. And so that took SmackDown off the air. To take Raw off the air, all we had to do is dress up four people as bugs, insects. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fuck that. <Yeah. laughs> oh, boy. That was... Who, who by the way, I have two things I want to say. Yeah. Number one is at some point, Bobby Roode, during a match, pulls a, a torch out yes. of his pocket. Yes. And I'm like, he's got pockets in his, tr- his trunks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just got his keys. <laughs> keys, wallet, phone, torch, you know. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a wallet in the back pocket. <laughs> Just a keys. Keys he needs to fucking... In this... <laughs> swipe the card machine. I, I, I get, I, I get like pockets is like a big thing, but like I'm still stuck on the idea that he's using dial-up. Like, 
Because, like, I guess if he if he's on AOL Messenger, that's, he's on that's Vince McMahon for he, you. He's an old he, man, you know. He can't take a phone call and and like live chat with Vinny Roo yeah. at the same time. Like, well, I, I don't know if you know the. I mean, the, there's a famous story that was based on, and uh, Vince McMahon once upon a time was doing an AOL. Um, I don't know what you call it, a group session or something where like fans yeah. jump on and and ask Vince McMahon questions, and like during the uh, basically during the actual chat. Uh, something wrong went in the AOL side, something went wrong in the AOL side, and the chat just disconnected. So Vince McMahon is just like typing messages into this chat box, and it's the most insane shit you're ever going to see in your life. Like, I, I encourage you to look it up. It's it's uh, It shows you the real Vince McMahon, and he's just a fucking psycho. <laughs> um, but it's like 1999 or something, like when AOL was like the, the only thing, I guess. Um, so yeah, that, I encourage you to look that up. But that's, that's what influenced that, yeah. I think there's there's quite a lot of legitimacy to the idea that you could convince the shareholders to remove Vinnie Mac by suggesting that he's gone full pelt insane. Yeah. I think that's actually, there's there's some legitimacy to that. In fact, for a Vince Russo rebook, that's maybe a little bit too realistic. Well, yeah, I was <laughs> going to say that like the, the, the crux of this story is that Vince Russo has manipulated Vince McMahon into doing something stupid so that Vince Russo himself can become a CEO of the WWE, which is incredibly clever and it goes against everything we do on Vince Russo, Book and the Russo, <laughs> where Vince Russo is a bumbling <laughs> idiot. You've made him like the smartest man in the world and then we have to follow that up with, I don't know what yours is going to be like, Tyler, but mine is <laughs> Vince Russo is a bumbling idiot. So... <laughs> <laughs> He's an evil genius. It's an it's interesting, just a, it's... interesting choice to to make. Three or four episodes in, you're like, I gotta, I gotta swerve him, bro. Gotta give him the swerve. It's like oh, that. It's, it's like that swerve. theory. You know the the Darth. Uh, you know the, the Sif Jar Jar Binks theory. You know where he's trying to convince you that he's a bumbling idiot, but really he's this like Sith Lord. That's <laughs> he's what like Vince some Russo kind was. of like incredible yeah. like um, ninja power. Like he looks like an idiot, but he's really like. Um, Jackie Chan with a drunken style, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. Yeah, exactly. So I that's, believe that's that. That's what Vince Russo was that's, in my story. That's and in what, real life, maybe. Who knows? That's what I thought when I first saw that film. I'm like, Jarja Binks is the best one, and then everybody, <laughs> everybody else was like, he's the worst thing that ever happened to Star Wars. Poor Jar Jar, honestly. Poor Jar Jar. Well, we need some. We need some vindication for Jar Jar. <laughs> I, I have. I have two things about your booking that I would maybe change. Oh, right? Okay. And um. I think you you missed an open goal here, especially <laughs> okay. when you consider the audience, right? You went for Ray Mosquito Jr. <laughs> Wait, right? <laughs> which the, I did. The other two made sense. That one was a bit of a push. I think we can agree. <laughs> you, you didn't go with Ms. Kito. Uh, because Bryce hates the Miz, that, that's exactly why he didn't put him that, in. The... That actually was perfect. Yeah, fair enough. Miss, Miss like, look, when one. you think about like his character, like the character of a, a Miz, a, 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 a mosquito-based character, it's just got to serve as a mild annoyance, right? <laughs> All the time, like when a wrestler is in the ring, just getting mildly annoyed by the presence of the mosquito. I got it. Yeah, that's it. If, if anyone knows anything about being mildly annoyed by by the Miz, it's Dylan as well. It's so, not my, yeah. not mildly annoyed. <laughs> it's extreme annoyance. But I, I gotta say that's a compelling argument. That makes sense. As much as I hate the Miz, this, this is this is the role he was born to play. Not the smarmy heel. He was born to play a man pretending to be a mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> 
could he could legit make that character work, and he doesn't. Care. He could make he it work. Paycheck, yeah. like at the end of the day, he doesn't give a shit. It's just like I'm the role he was born to play. Exactly. <laughs> if you made the Miz into a, a man who thinks he's a mosquito from day one, I probably would have bought it. That's right. Like you'd be his biggest fan by now. Yeah. I don't know. But let's not baby steps here. Let's not push it. <laughs> That was some good stuff, though. Like I gotta say, it was surprising. You Thank know what you, I mean? Yeah. You really humanized uh, Vince Russo. Like we said, that's a thing that we have gone out of our way to not do. <laughs> we kind of <laughs> made him into this like mythical, like um, strange deity that of, of idiocy. You know, and you were like, no, let's grind it a little bit. Let's make him into the new C. But what I, what I, the one thing I really like about this is the implication afterwards, where you're like. Um, you know the, the the shareholders get rid of Vince McMahon. They get rid of one Vince and replace it with another Vince. And Vince Russo, of course, thinks I've I played Vince McMahon. I've made my way. Now I'm the one in charge. And it seems to be like a triumphant story. But we all know, having lived through an awful lot of Vince Russo ourselves, that as soon as he is the man in charge. It's going to get so much worse than yeah. Bray Wyatt as a Firefly. <laughs> like, the idea that, that he is like, I'm going to run this ship, and then, like, two weeks later, like, close for business. <laughs> like, it's, it's the, the old, entire uh, yeah. company. <laughs> it's, the, it's the old theory, isn't it? That, you know, Vince Russo was great in the Attitude Era for WWF because he had a filter. Like, Vince McMahon was his filter, so Vince McMahon said no to all the kind of crappy ideas and, and went with Vince's <laughs> good ideas. But when he went to WCW, he didn't have that filter, so it all went to shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's maybe, maybe kind of how it can play out, but... Maybe there's a part two in there somewhere as well. Who knows? Are um, you gonna? I would love to hear a part two of of Vince Russo actually in charge of the WWF or WWE, <laughs> and he's like, "Fuck, bro, it's really hard. It's harder than I thought it is, bro." <laughs> the booking would be one week long, though. That's the yeah, thing. It's but, just oh, one week. Oh, oh but down. what a week that would be! <laughs> Holy shit, <laughs> <Car> dude! <crash. laughs> as long as Biggie, as long as Biggie is dressed like a bumblebee for the entirety mm. of that, then I'm okay yeah. with it. I'd watch it. Yep. That's it. Uh, he's going to be the bumbliest boy in the world. Big bees stinging. Big bees. Big 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 bumblebee. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Big bumbly bee boys. Big bumbly bumbly bees stinging bee. each yeah. other in the big. Yeah, that's what I want. Me, I feel like we're getting. Bees. I feel like we've gone down a different route here. That's uh, what. <laughs> <laughs> big bumbly boys stinging each other in the butts i don't think this is pro wrestling anymore i feel like we've, we've... vince russo strikes again <laughs> well it's time to move on to our next vince russo story so our special guest tyler is ready to wow us with some russo erotica so i think it's that anyway but um let, let's see what it's all about let's just go ahead and get to it so fire away tyler the floor is yours do it like Russo, bro. There ain't any other way. Okay, right. So, yeah, okay. So, um, look, I couldn't be bothered to actually write anything. It was taking too long uh, and what have you. But, like, what I specialize in, maybe you guys don't know this, is internet sleuthing. Um, I'm particularly interested in things like um, my specialist subject is lost media. I don't know if you know about this phenomenon, but like there's this idea that there's media out there that has disappeared or or been lost to time or whatever. Like there's a SpongeBob episode where um, he summons Satan, but apparently that doesn't exist anymore and you can't find it. You know, like 
play a particular Spice Girls song backwards and it like summons like uh, an evil deity or whatever. So like that is true though. That is I've, I have all the Spice Girls <laughs> records. That is true. That did happen to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. like it over the Easter weekend when I when I had some time, I was trying to think like what the fuck am I gonna do with like this Russo stuff, and uh, I get on to Reddit and I'm I'm like cruising around. And I, I, I came across this post on on, on, on Reddit, um, and I think I've found the only piece of lost media relating to Vince Russo. Um, and instead of actually writing something, um, I, I I've just taken this piece of lost media that I found, and I I, I just thought I would read it for this audience because I know they're big Russo marks, right? Yeah, huge. And every. And, and everyone, everyone comes to this podcast for an insight into the mind <laughs> of, of Vinnie Roo. Yeah, that's um, true. And, and yeah, I kind of put it in a little bit of a format. But um, yeah, uh, so basically, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just read what I've got here and, and hopefully it will make sense. So <clears throat> Vince Russo's personal erotic memoir, I Am the Pole. Was leaked on the Russo. Oh my god! Was leaked onto the Russo thread of Reddit at exactly six forty-two a.m. the morning of Good Friday, a holy day. (laughs) A holy day that marks the resurrection of Christ, along with a single post that read, "You can't res without first being erected." Seemingly the post was made uh, seemingly the post was made by the man himself. The original poster used the username RusoSoHorny69 and a profile image of Judy Bagwell on a pole. Come on. Both of you guys used yeah. Vince Russo Usernames. nicknames on the internet that had the number 69 yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on. I also found mine on Reddit, yeah. No, <laughs> he had loads of birder accounts on Reddit. <laughs> the thing is, like, I didn't make this up. This is real, right? That's you can great. go That's onto true. Reddit and, like, find this. Like, this is... I, I didn't write this. This is, this is fact. Anyway. Uh, and... <clears throat> where was I? Um... Seemingly posted by the man himself, the OP used the username RussoSoHorny69 and a profile image of Judy Bagwell on a poll. The following is an extract of that document, retrieved before the original post was hastily deleted at 6.47am after five long minutes of significant, sustained and unrelenting backlash. So I downloaded the document, right? And I opened it up and it's like corrupted, like it's kind of hard. You know when you see like the the text and it kind of looks like the ru- like magic ruins from like an it's it like windings like, uh, yeah, yeah like what witches would like what witches would read and like the the text was kind of written on top of these like symbols these like arcane symbols um, that looked like they were kind of carved into flesh but I basically taken the words that I could like can transcribe and I think I've got a whole chapter of of the erotic memoir um of of vince russo um i am the pole um and it's chapter six um and uh yeah i'll just i'll I'll read i'll read the chapter i think people are going to be really interested anyway chapter six bro oh bro 
Yo, ah, oh, yeah, bro, and other noises I make when I shoot. <laughs> <clears throat> bro, let me set the scene. So there I am, Vince fucking Russo, and I'm on top of the world, and all I do is party, bro. I book the best wrestling the world's ever seen, party, then I do it again. Oh, <laughs> and I take a shit ton of cocaine. It's a sweet <laughs> life, bro. Party, book, cocaine, and party. And it was the 90s, bro. I'm in my Adidas jumpsuit and bro, I'm loving the way it lets me breathe, you know? I'm not wearing my tighties, you know what I mean, bro? I'm swinging it out in my Adidas armor, bro. And no one wore tighties in those days, you know? It was the 90s, why would you? The camel tail was in, bro, and I was humping my way across the desert of popular culture infamy, searching for hallucinations of tropical oasises and palm trees, like Hulk Hogan vanity searching his sex tape, which was also dry and had two significant humps. Anyway, bro, I'm sat at the back of my limo, bro, or I think I am. Either way, I'm tripping out because the windows are super long and there's something called a horn swoggle dribbling on my legs and the adrenoglobin is starting to take effect. And he wants me to take him home because like, he's feeling like he might go postal on the great city of Florida and because he keeps getting confused as to whether he is in fact small or every time he sees himself he's like, really far away and he was out of his mind and floating above himself and he's seeing himself for the first time and i tell him bro i tell him bro it's just the drugs man don't listen and he's like i need to go home i need to see my dad and i'm like bro i got you and I raise my arm from the inside of my Addy slacks and I signal the driver to take us to Mr. McMahon's place, hoping that the worst of the hallucinations would be over by the time we get there. And bro, the lizard that's driving the limo turns around and opens <laughs> his mouth to reveal several layers of teeth. And he says something I'll never forget, bro. He says, inside all of us, Vince, inside all of us is a light, a fire, if you will that only burns when we are truly living. And it was, it was, it was, and it puts its foot on the gas so hard, bro. And like, we were going at warp speed and I was spinning out and I grabbed a bag of lighter fluid I'd been huffing and forced it into my face like the rock swinging for Miss Foley's unprotected head until everything went weird and, and, and fuzzy, bro. And I remember we were like screaming like children. Wait, hold on, let me be clear. Not because like Hornswoggle's size is like child size or anything. No, I, I, I don't mean that. I mean like the screaming was like that of a child, not that Hornswoggle is child size. Bro, it was the 90s. We were cool about child size adults. And, and it was the screams of children, right? It was, it was the screams, not like in the 60s, like when they were actual children's screams. No, it's not like kids' screams, bro. I mean, I don't know what a kid's scream sound like. I mean, I do, but not because... Anyway, it wasn't about the size of people or anything, bro. I mean, anyway, you get me. And bro... I start to slip into this black void and it feels like that time I was at the same party as Britney Spears bro and I saw her across the room and she didn't notice I was there but it was like the whole world stopped bro. There was just me and her and the lyrics to hit me baby one more time except they were playing backwards and telling me to worship Satan and bro I shit you not 
I once poured an ounce of my own blood into a pentagram and set fire to a supposedly abandoned children's hospital for that woman. And she didn't even acknowledge me, not even personally. She took my poem, Toxic, and turned it into a number one best-selling song. And she still messaged me and she still messages me on Twitter to this day asking for gift cards, you know? And I just it just hurts, bro. It just it just hurts, bro. Anyway. I was falling into this hole, bro, where God looked like Eric Bischoff with the body of a horse and he wants me to make it out with him. And like, bro, the great thing about drugs, bro, is like, I was there for it. I wanted to be all over Eric. I was hot for him. And I was stroking my hands through his furry thick horse body and dragging my cheek across his furry thick horse mane, bro. And it felt fuzzy like the end of a sweeping brush. And it was so hard that it reminded me of my cleaning lady, Brenda, under the cover of darkness, going at the bloodstains in the bunk, uh, in the trunk of my car. Like like it was the aftermatch of a, of a death gooker match that one time. Hey. <laughs> anyway, bro, seriously, bro. Then Eric Horsebody let me write <laughs> and we, we spray painted NWO on the windows of small businesses and strangers cars and then and then I remember being slapped and I woke up I was covered in vomit. I was inside a room that looked like a church and it was all stained glass windows and statues of creepy lizard people in masks with like a third eye in their scaled foreheads and bro there's this moment right? Knee deep in a fiery K-hole, staring across the room at Jim Cornette holding a bow and arrow and dressed like a New York plumber. <laughs> and, and that was it, bro. I caught his eyes and he caught mine. And we both stared at Linda McMahon, who was also in the same room, wearing a large robe seemingly made out of flesh. <laughs> and she shoveled free quaaludes into a six-bean burrito wrap. Uh, and she was going to town on that sucker. And this was back in the day when Linda was doing that angle where she was in a wheelchair. So her being high as fuck in a chair and remaining mostly in a catatonic state was just her living the gimmick. <laughs> and as a fellow great mind of pro wrestling, I respected the hell out of that. Also, the fact that she was on reels was getting me real hot, bro. And man, this is a shoot. I shit you not. That, there and then, that was the moment. The exact second that I named my penis Jim Duggan because I was hard as a two by four and my balls, Devon and Bubba, because they were telling me to free my D all over the place. So I just stood out of my seat and as loud as I can, I just went, ho, because I'm a student of the game, bro. And I respect the workers that built this empire. So I'm like, ho, and the room started to spin, bro. And I would like drop in and out of consciousness. Every time I opened my eyes, I saw a nightmare and it was Vince but his head was made of black smoke and his eyes were fire and then darkness and then fire and then fire and blood smoke and screaming the screaming of children in a hospital spinning spinning like my hands my hands a knife another Vince me fire a kaleidoscope of feverish non-tubular scenes I lost my balance and I land head first in Linda's lap and bro, I look up at her face and she's an angel. And I finally realize that this is it. This is what they mean by looking up at the lights. Then something long in her hand, long and dark with straps. She turns into a lizard person from the limo from earlier. And she says, burn Vince, fire is life. It's time to truly live. And I know that I'm about to get pegged again. 
<laughs> Just like the last time I turned and I looked at Jim Cornette and he's in the corner watching me. He's always watching me. I pathetically call out, bro, as he loosens his pants and an acapella cover of Britney Spears every time starts to play Darkness again. Just blank space this time. Bischoff's horse is nowhere to be found. Where is God now, I scream. I'm sad, bro. I'm just, I'm just so sad. I wake up alone and naked in Vince's limo. I can tell it's his because of all the pentagrams and the fridge full of gypsy blood that he drinks. <laughs> the limo, <laughs> the limo comes to a stop and I fall out onto the rainy sidewalk. It's nighttime now, and the street lights flicker over the soggy remains of the box castle I live, I've lived in ever since I escaped from Kevin Nash, and he put me in that room and made me do elaborate needlepoint art of the big show wearing baby clothes that he gifted to Vince. <laughs> anyway, I stare up at the sky, naked as the day I was born, rain crashing all over my body, the soft street lamps illuminating my freakishly hairy body, and I scream. I scream until my lungs are sore, until I can't scream anymore, and I get my damp newspaper bed sheets and I crawl into my box and... Hornswoggle's already here. He's pretending to be asleep, but his small violent shudders and sobs let me know that he's just crying and trying to make it look like he isn't. I cover him gently with the newspaper and I press my big spoon body against his little spoon frame. Bare butt to Duggan. And I sing in his ear until he sleeps. Every time I try to fly, I fall without my wings. I feel so small. I guess I need you, baby. He shifts and turns, his eyes closed, but now facing me. I place my hands on his face. We kiss. It's nice. Bro on bro. Is this... Is this love, bro? And that's actually where the document finishes. Wow. Um, and there's, like, it just it corrupts after that. Um, it's crazy. I tried wow. to retrieve as much yeah. as I could, but... Um, but yeah, yeah like, that's Vince, Vince Russo's lost erotic memoir. You've done a good job decrypting Reddit. that, yeah. Yeah, what I like about no. that was you said that was chapter six. And you're like, what, yeah. the, what the fuck happened in the first five chapters? <laughs> what happens next? I know, man. <laughs> good, it, it just, good God. It just jumps in. It just jumps straight in. Yeah, like, I can't imagine any backstory that would explain getting to chapter six for any of that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what? I, I don't want to know. I feel like chapter two wouldn't do a very good job of setting up any of that. You know what I mean? Like that kind of, it's, I feel like to be honest with you, chapters one to five and chapters seven to presumably 19 are going to be pretty much the same as chapter six, only in like different locales. Basically, <laughs> Vince Rizzo gets fucked up on something. See somebody from the wrestling business who may or may not also be fucked up on something. <laughs> somebody blacks out. And then he ends up spooning with Hornswoggle. That seems like all of the chapters. <laughs> like I, I, I know, like there's no way for me to genuinely authenticate the existence mm. of this document mm. because mm. the internet is a hellscape. And I mean, there's no way that that they, I can't say Vince Russo definitely wrote that. 
but I can't not say that. That's it. Right. Like, you know, it's plausible. imagine yeah. for a second that that's actually, like, legit. Like, what are the repercussions of the fact that Linda McMahon and Vince Russo are in some lizard-based cult, right, where they drink gypsy blood in the back of their pentagram-covered limos and peg Vince Russo on a daily basis? Yeah. Who's to say that While Jim happen? Cornette yeah. watches. What yeah. is... Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> and Jim, Jim Duggan. Cornette, uh, Jim Cornette only watches, All man. Of like, this... that's the least... Of... That's the bit that sealed it for me. I was like, I don't know about this, but then Jim Cornette watching the whole like that sounds like dressed as a, that, a New that, York plumber as well, right? <laughs> it's a me, Jim Cornette. <laughs> I but, mean that that bit sealed the deal. That makes total sense to me. I, I enjoyed Dem Duggan and uh, you know Hard's a two by four and then freeing your D over the place. That's a, a beautiful play on words. Um, incredible, incredible. Well, Bryce Bryce loves a pun. Yeah, you know, so he yeah. loves that that. Uh, all that business, and uh, but there's a lot to unpack with that one, isn't there? Not, not even just the story. Some of the stories spoke to me. I mean, who here can honestly <laughs> say that they haven't, you know, taken an ounce of their blood and, and contributed towards the burning down of a children's hospital? I mean, we've, for, we've for, all for, been there for, for, for our love of a girl. You know, we've all done that, yeah, right? Vince, we've all been yeah. there. Vince Russo yeah. burnt down a children's hospital yeah. for Britney Spears. Yeah, we just did it for yeah. we just did it for fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shits and giggles. <laughs> Shiggles. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. Um, and and you know, like, look, I, I, put, I'm, I'm personally very proud of the research I did. Yeah, on, beautiful. On that, mm. and uh, and that I could bring something, you know, potentially legitimate to our audience of Russo observing wrestling fans. No, I really beautiful. appreciate you tracking that down, dude. That was uh, some mm-hmm. really good work, especially decrypting the file and all of that, going through all that work. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, yeah. a poster was up for five minutes as well. I mean, you've you done a really good job there. Yeah. 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 Had to use something called the Wayback Machine to ah, find that, that machine. sucker. But, mm. like, I'm, I was there. Mm. You know? and, and now, you know, now it's out there. It's not deleted anymore. It's, it's out there and it's free. And, and people can tell as many people as they like that Vince Russo burnt down in children's hospital. Well, they're going to. They're going to hear all about it. Yeah. As soon as they hear this show, they're going to hear all about it. Wow, I never knew that about Vince Russo. That's it. It's going to be encased in this episode for a long time to come. We're going to preserve this. This is history in the making. Yeah. We're going to keep this forever. This this episode is going to be here long after we're all gone. So, you know, it's uh, people hundreds of years into the future in the year 2300, um, you know, they're going to be, you know, listening to this and thinking that's what Vince Russo was like. Who was this? Vince Russo character. Yeah. Like he sounds like an incredible ma- like listen to the things he's done. Mm. My <laughs> god, was he the greatest human being of all time? We can only assume that he was based on this one podcast. <laughs> I think that you know, when people look back at Vince Russo's run in professional wrestling, they're going to compare it to like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and like Hunter S Thompson just sucking on tabs of acid and just going wild mm-hmm. and why shouldn't they it's probably how it is that's i would I, I would agree with that i feel like that's a, a, a fairly accurate representation <laughs> all righty now it's time for our main event it's time for dylan to tell us his russo story and uh, yeah i believe the last time on Book it like Russo, Dylan wrote all about Vince Russo keeping Tony Khan hostage, which was nothing short of excellent. So <laughs> I can't wait for hear can't wait to hear what you have for Book It Like Russo for. So Dylan, take it away. Let's hear what you got, dude. Do it like Russo, bro. There ain't any other way. So 
guys, we're gonna we're gonna end things off with my story about Vince Russo. Now, kind of like Tyler's story earlier, as you've uh, you, you've seen from most of my other Vince Russo stories, they're they're first person, they're from the man himself, they're true stories. Mm. All of them, you know. Yeah. I'm just yeah. I'm I'm just a messenger. I'm just reporting on. Yeah. This is verbatim from Vince Russo himself. These are true stories. Mm. I have no hand in this. No. This was also just, a Reddit yeah. post. <laughs> <laughs> Free Reddit post. Well, I guess what Dylan's trying to say is that they're not stories. Yeah, they're true. Right? Mm. You, keep, you true. keep saying that they're stories, but they're not. They're, it's all, all they're facts, lived. yeah. They're, yeah, yeah. They're true. Yeah. You know? So they've all been true. And like you've, you've heard the other ones that you said, the one where he kidnapped Tony Khan. Yeah. It's clearly. Fact. Clearly fact. And then the Stone Cold Pope Austin, we can't prove that that wasn't the plan. Yeah, Christmas Grangle. We can't pr- yeah. Exactly, Christmas Grangle, a.k.a. Uh, Matt Riddle. Wasn't it, I think? It was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't know if that wasn't the plan. We don't know. Of course, we do know because we heard the other previous bookings, so we do know that this was for fact. But this is another... And I don't know what he wants to do with these stories, if he wants to make them into an erotic story or his own autobiography or whatever i don't know i i am all i all i know is every once in a while i get an email from vince russo that just has four pages of, of nonsense in it and i am duty bound to read it out to you two fellows and thus the rest of the internet as well hmm. so we're gonna get into this story like bryce mentioned earlier it's kind of about wrestlers having jobs remember we talked about the goon who used to be an ice hockey player remember whenever wrestlers had jobs hmm. repo man hmm. You know, a clown <laughs> that was oddly popular. Wasn't just one clown. Yeah. Took many clowns. And I'm like, does clowning not pay enough that you have to go into the wrestling business as well? That's it. Big, big boss man, Val Venus, right. the undertaker, who was an undertaker. Val Venus. Yeah. Val Venus, you would think, like, you're not making enough money through porn. <laughs> you're not very good at porn. <laughs> if you're not making any money at it, right? <laughs> Turns out he wasn't very good at it. Yeah, there you go. Story checks out. So, um, do we do the... What What Russo voice did I do? Hi, uh, I'm, I'm Vince Russo. Hello, <laughs> my name... My name is Vince Russo, bro. Oh, look at that. Is that, is that good? Uh, that, that sounds like Russo, yeah. That's spot on. Okay, <laughs> so here we go. This is, this is what Vince Russo sent to me. Okay, so here we go. All right, bro. So I finally went to the dentist to get my teeth fixed, okay, bro? Took me weeks to book that damn appointment, bro. I waited for so long. I waited for years, bro. I swear to God, literal years. I tried booking my dentist appointment around about April 2020. And I've only been able to get the appointment now. Literally two years later, bro. Can you believe that? So I finally get into the dentist office to see the dentist, yeah? And then the dentist says, hey, aren't you Vince Russo, bro? And I mean, I get it. I understand. I'm the world-famous Vince Russo, you know? I mean, I don't want to blow my own trumpet. You guys know me. I like to keep a low profile. Don't like drawing attention to myself or anything like that. But yeah, I'll sign an autograph if I have to. If you see me in the airport or at the beach or at the supermarket or whatever, yeah, I'll sign an autograph and I'll take a selfie with you if you want. And I'll even record like a video message for you and anything. Just because, you know, everybody knows me and loves me and I'm world-famous and all, yeah? But obviously, I like to keep a low profile. I don't want to, like, shouting about it. <laughs> anyway, so this guy... <laughs> anyway, so this guy says to me, he says, Aren't you Vince Russo, bro? And then I say to him, Because he's got his hands in my mouth. 
okay? <laughs> That's what a dentist does. They stick their hands in your mouth and then they say, all right, that'll be $300. And I don't have $300, bro. I don't have $300, bro. I have way more than that. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Or am I, bro? You can never tell with me. I'm such a jokester. Always playing a goof on someone, you know, bro? Yeah. I got a million of them. Professional prankster. That's me, bro. Yeah, I'm great. Anyway, so the, <laughs> so the guy says to me, aren't you Vince Russo? And then once he finally takes his hands out of my mouth, I'm able to respond to him. So I say, yeah, I'm Vince Russo, all right, bro. You know this. I've been coming to this dentist's office for, like, most of my life. You saw me last time I was here. And he said to me, I swear to God, bro, he said, oh, yeah. And then he went right back to putting his hands in my mouth. Now, normally, I wouldn't like this at all, bro. Normally, I hate it when people put their hands in my mouth and they start shouting out, like, weird, like, letter things. You know, like, a you know what I mean, bro? But this guy, the dentist guy, he seemed to know exactly what he was doing. And it seemed like it was paying off. This dentist, he had this, like, assistant with him. She was smoking hot, too, man. If I, if I was a few years older and or younger and I didn't have a grown man's hands inside my mouth, I would have challenged her <laughs> I would have challenged her to a broad panties match, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm talking sexual harassment. We did it all the time in the 90s. <laughs> it was... It was, it was it, the 90s. It was the attitude era, bro. It was the style of the time. <laughs> anyway... So the assistant kept writing down whatever the dentist was saying, even though it sounded like gibberish to me, you know? So I'm getting some, like, fillings done or whatever it is the dentist said. I have no idea. He was saying weird stuff, and the assistant was writing it down, and I was, like, dribbling dribble out of my mouth, and I felt like a fool. And then it hit me, and that assistant, she must have heard what I was thinking somehow because she hit me over the head with a big metal thing. She said it was an accident, bro, but we all know there's no such thing as accidents. Urban legends, bro. There's no truth to it. Don't believe the words you read on the internet or in books or in any other place you might find words. For example, a pamphlet or the back of a cereal box. Don't believe it. <laughs> so that's, that's when I had the greatest idea that I've ever had, bro. And I've had so many incredible ideas. They call me the idea master, bro. I don't call myself that, obviously. I'm far too modest to give myself nicknames. <laughs> that would be crazy. No way. So, so many other people are calling me the idea master. So it's it's true, bro. Go do a search for it on Twitter. Actually, maybe don't do that because Twitter is broken, bro. It's bullshit. There's no freedom of speech on there or anything. You know what I mean? Everybody keeps calling me a cunt on Twitter. It's not fair. I can't wait until Elon Musk brings back free speech to Twitter so that people will finally stop calling me a cunt. <laughs> so after that... After I recovered from my traumatic head in, uh, trauma from that assistant bonking me on the head with something, and then after I successfully sued the dentist's office for negligence and for Russo damage, a.k.a. bonking me on the head with something, after... <laughs> <laughs> after all of that... <laughs> after all of that, I was able to get all of my thoughts in line, bro. I was able to figure some stuff out. And I realized that wrestling doesn't have enough people with jobs in it anymore. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that I've said this before. And yeah, I have. I've come to this realization many times in my life. And nobody seems to be doing anything about it. So I thought to myself, I thought, Vince, you're going to have to do this yourself. So I picked myself up off the floor. 
I was lying on the floor because I heard that I was good for your posture, and also because I had been drinking shoe polish earlier. <laughs> and I decided to take matters into my own hands. So, I phoned up Tony Khan to let him know my incredible idea about a dentist wrestler. And he said to me, and I swear to God, this is what he said to me, bro. He said, I already have a dentist wrestler. And then he hung up on me. Can you believe that? <laughs> So I called up Vince and I told him my idea, but then I realized that I accidentally called myself. That was my <laughs> mistake, bro. That was my mistake. I was trying to call Vince McMahon, but I'm also called Vince. So you can see where I made the mistake there. When I tried to dial Vince and I actually called Vince, but it wasn't the Vince I wanted to Vince. It was me, a.k.a. Vince. I got to say, though. <laughs> I got to say, though. I really like the storyline that I dropped on myself. I said to myself, self, you're a genius. And then I hung up on myself because I had to. <laughs> and then I hung up on myself because I had to take some bread rolls out of the microwave. You're probably saying to yourself, who microwaves bread rolls? And I'll tell you who. It's me, Vince Russo, <laughs> the hero of this piece. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> So the point is, I decided to go to Plan B, a.k.a. phone Tony Khan up again. Oh, no. So I phoned Tony Khan up again, but this time I had a real plan. Okay, bro, here's the plan. I think you'll agree that this is one of the most ingenious, incredible things you've ever heard in your entire life, and I don't think that this is hyperbole at all. <laughs> here's, here's what I did. I phoned Tony Khan again, but this time I put on an Italian accent, right? Classic plan. I think you'll agree. He'll never know it's me. I'm not an Italian guy. It's further proof of how clever I am. Tony Khan isn't expecting an Italian guy to phone him up now, is he? <laughs> is he? I don't know. What if he actually was expecting a phone call from an Italian guy? This was a risk I was willing to take. And I dived in at first, as I often do. Me, Vince Russo. Remember me? I created the Attitude Era, bro. Don't know if you've ever heard of it. <laughs> I also invented golf balls. Anyway, on with the show. <laughs> <laughs> so I phoned up Tony Khan again, and I got my Italian accent ready, yeah? And then he answered the phone, and he said, and I swear to God, bro, I'll never forget what he said to me, bro. Here's what he said. He said, stop calling me, Vince Russo. And then he hung up. See, I should have used a different phone to call him. Obviously, he has my number saved in his phone because we're best friends, you know? I mean, we went to see Spider-Man together. Spider-Man 3. Boy, that was a film. I turned to him in the cinema that time when we saw Spider-Man 3. I said to him right then and there, right at that moment, I said to Tony Khan, I said, You know what pro wrestling needs? Somebody like Venom. Wouldn't that be cool as shit, bro? Like a big fucking alien or whatever? Yeah. But Tony Khan said, and I swear to God, bro, I'll never forget what he said to me on that day. He said... I'm sorry, do I know you? <laughs> That's Tony Khan for you. <laughs> He's crazy. Always pretending he doesn't know who I am. What a jokester slash prankster he is. Anyway, so I went to go and get a different phone. A burner phone, I think they call it. Like a junk phone that I could use to phone up Tony Khan without him knowing who called him. That's such a great idea. I got to keep this in mind for all the other times that I intend to phone up Tony Khan. So I go and buy a new fake phone or whatever, and I dial up Tony Khan's number. It's 547-754-3010. If any of you guys want to phone him up too, go ahead. That's his number. Anyway, so I phoned up Tony Khan with my new different phone number, and I got my Italian accent ready. <laughs> so here we go. So Tony Khan answers the phone. He's all like, hello and shit. 
And then I blast him with my Italian accent. Here's what I said verbatim. I said, <laughs> remember Italian accent, bro. I said, oh, hello. I am an Italian guy. You ever think about a pizza man wrestler? It would be good business, bro. I mean, fuck, what's Italian for bro? Hang on, let me Google that real quick. And then he said, hello, who is this? And then I, I'm trying to Google Translate some stuff, right? So I have to So I have to stall really quick. So I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, bonjour. I'm definitely Italian guy. Please wait. Please wait one uh, momento. And he was all like, huh? And then I was like, ah, bingo. Oh, I mean, oh, hello. So like I said earlier, bro. Fuck. I mean, fry. That's what it is. That's what... That's what bro is in Italian. It's fra. It's, it's fra. That's what it is. Anyway, so, so like I said earlier, it would be good business, fra. That's Italian for bro, bro. I mean, fra. Uh, pizza man wrestler. Or maybe other occupations. For example, librarian. Or dog groomer. <laughs> Italian guy out, bro. Fuck, I mean, fra. Fra is no good, man. It doesn't, it doesn't sound as good as bro, bro. And then when I stopped talking, it sounded like I could hear a dial tone as if Tony Khan had hung up on me. But there's no way he could have hung up on me because he didn't know it was me, did he? He thought I was some dumbass Italian guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I really thought I'd nailed it, brah. I really thought I got it. <laughs> wrestlers need to have jobs again. That's exactly what wrestling is missing these days. You know, you know, I called Tony Khan, I pretended to be an Italian guy, and I successfully convinced him of this fact, that he needs to give some of these guys gimmicks that'll stand out, you know, real three-dimensional stuff, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, I looked at AEW's roster page just to check this shit out, see which ones I could turn into, like, a truck driver, whenever I noticed on the roster, they have a dentist on the roster already! Fucking Britt Baker is some kind of dentist, right? But they got an alien! <laughs> fucking Chris Stadlander, like the Venom I said. They got a librarian, a blue pants lady. This is unbelievable. This is what I'm talking about, bro. Fucking characters right there. Tony Khan, listen to me. And there's the proof. I got through to him. So you can see Vince Russo, that's me, bro. His, uh, his influence all across pro wrestling because Tony Khan listened to me. <laughs> now, for the sake of fairness and transparency, I took a look at the WWE's roster page to see if I could give any of them jobs, right? And boy, Hardy, could I. So many of these fucking guys, they just look like wrestlers. It's ridiculous, bro. I mean, fra? No, <laughs> fuck, I mean, bro. Look. Goddamn. Speaking two languages is hard. Anyway, so look at some of these guys. What's a Drew McIntyre? I don't have any idea, bro, but imagine how cool he would be if he sold ice creams from one of those, like, ice cream trucks, <laughs> and then, like, the ice cream van could drive into the arena, and he could, like, throw ice creams at his opponents. It would totally get over, bro, I'm telling you. You know what I mean? Take my money. Right, it's perfect. <laughs> now, who else is here? Fucking, what's a Bob Lash? I don't know. I have no idea, but it sounds like he should be a race car driver or something. <laughs> Seth Rollins? More like Seth the Mealman Rollins. He's always, <laughs> he's always delivering a package of pain. Bam! Now that's a good one, bro. And it's always first class. Always first class beaten, bro. That's what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, worst mistake the wrestling business ever made was trying to blackball old Vince Russo. So, anyway, yeah, I'm making like a large pizza and I'll have a Diet Coke as well. Thanks, bro. You know the address. <laughs> so...
superb. Oh, that's incredible. That's that's incredible. what Vince Russo sent to me. You can see why at the beginning I thought it was going to be about Britt Baker, but then it spiraled. At it spiraled at something else. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. like it's got fuck all to do with the dentist. Why did he spend two pages talking about going to the dentist? <laughs> did you get him his pizza? Well, you have to find out for part five. Oh, all right, okay. five. Okay, cliffhanger. See, that's how we do it in this show. <laughs> Look, I found out so much just from listening to to you reading the words. Of re- I, mean, I didn't know Vin, Vin, Vince Russo invented golf balls. Yeah, that was news to me as well, actually. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, he goes way back. Yeah, he's not just a wrestling master. Oh, no. He's like golfing. Like, you know. Look, I'm I'm gonna just go and edit his wiki. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> include, include include the fact that he. Uh, Take a you screenshot know. of that too, because the Wikipedia people are really uppity. They love yeah. changing it back to their original bullshit. So make sure you take a screenshot of it, like very clearly. They, they can't accept Russo. the truth. That's the problem. No, Wikipedia, exactly. You know? Yeah, that's why Wikipedia. You can't trust Wikipedia because it's it's it's. Do you, do you know what? Do you know what year he 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 uh, he invented the golf ball? He didn't say. He just was very vague about it. He just said he invented golf balls, and I, I, I can't imagine why he wouldn't. Well, I mean, the golf ball was invented in 1848, so Vince Russo being born in something like 1960-something, he's, yeah, he, he's certainly invented that. You know, that's, that's uh, Yeah, that, that timeline it. checks out, yeah. Yeah, I think that works out. So, so we just, yeah. well, like, uh, like, I'm going to say 19, 1982. Yeah. That's yeah. when he... That makes sense to me in the timeline, right? And, and before, yeah. yeah, before 1982, the golfers were just using fucking acorns or some shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bristol came in, invented standard, the golf ball, and changed golfing forever. Yeah. Yeah. Standard exactly. bullshit balls. And he doesn't get the the credit that he deserves. Not on Wikipedia, if you, anyway. If you, yeah. if you watch golf, they don't mention Vince Russo at all. Never. Not even once. No. No. But without Vince Russo, they wouldn't have the sport of golf. It They'd would still just be, be hitting like, acorns. Yeah. We were, yeah. It wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Ridiculous. That's it. But yeah, I also learned today that the uh, the, 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 the Italian for bro is fra. So is it bra? Apparently so. Is it bra or fra? F-F-F-R-A. F-R-A, fra. Right, okay. Yeah. I mean, again, this is coming from Vince Russo, so we can only assume that it's 100% legit. And what what is that Tony Khan like? He's always pretending Vince Russo isn't his best friend. It's like it's getting to the point where it's getting ridiculous. You know, he just well, needs can... to accept Russo as his friend. Well, now you can see why Vince Russo kidnapped him. Yeah, well that's it. Tony this, Khan's this is like, this is like a prelude, right? This is like a... yeah, <laughs> he's not taking him seriously. Prequel, yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, he's just trying to give you some good ideas, Tony Khan. You got to mm. listen. You got to be open to these new ideas, otherwise. Someone's gonna kidnap you, right? We don't make the rules; we just tell you how it goes. T- Tony Khan's been doing this thing recently on Twitter, where he takes like fan suggestions and then like puts them onto on, uh, dynamite, like the, the crowd lighting and, and stuff like that, and like moving graphics and all that. So it's only a matter of yeah. time before he finds one of Ventrusel's tweets, just fucking chastising AEW and just acts on that. So it's, what was yeah. his name? Something on a poll sixty nine. Um, it was Mark on um, a poll. Mark, Mark on a poll uh, sixty nine, bro. I believe it was. Yes. Well, that could be an account on Twitter, and then that account on Twitter could send Tony Khan some lovely messages. There we go. But about jo- wrestlers having jobs. Well, as, as if it's not on Twitter already. I mean, this is all it's, the, the last three Russell stories have come from the same account. Um, you know, the sixty nine bro account. So you know, it's already there. Yes, yeah. I think there's probably like a, a whole story in like just listing Vince Russo's internet usernames. 
like, <laughs> <laughs> how many Maybe times? Maybe you could ask him. Yeah, they like ask him like all of his different usernames on the different platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's been banned from Twitter forty-eight times. And, like, what are the different forty-eight account servants? Don't, don't worry about it. Uh, 69, 70, 71, 72. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like he doesn't use the number sixty-nine like for the sex number. He just does it because that's the sixty-nine. Sixty-nine account. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, think of a ran- think of a random number like sixty-nine. <laughs> it's always 69 that's the thing the random number it's always 69 it is yeah I remember that 420 yeah, yeah. from the Elon Musk oh, school of business yeah oh man RV, that was good RVD RVD and, and Russo like hook up one time that's it I want I want to hear that well maybe I'll get an email from Vince Russo for the next <laughs> season RVD the astronaut yeah Oh my god! Remember that? That's a long. That was a long time ago. That, that was one. that was like season two. Yeah, bloody hell. That was a long time ago. Uh, it, if, could... if anyone doesn't remember, RVD is an astronaut because he always gets high. You know, gets high. high. Yep. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, yeah, that was a Cape Fear Tombola way, 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 way long back. Time ago. Way back when. Um, yeah, that was that good game. though. It was great, but tell you what, mm-hmm. that was a fucking brilliant uh, Russo looking, Dylan. So thank you for thank you. thank you for doing that. Let's wrap this show up. Do it like Russo, bro. There ain't any other way. Well, holy shit, that was a lot of things. But one thing I'm sure of is that it was book it like Russo for. Hopefully, our Lord and Saviour Vince Russo is smiling down on us right now as we told tales of bug factions taking over WWE, Russo-based erotica, and, uh, you know, wrestlers with jobs. Kayfabers, we hope you enjoyed the episode, and hey, this is the final bonus episode before Season 6, that's right, Season 6 starts next week, bro! We're going to be bringing eight weekly episodes to you, which we think you'll really, really love. Trust me, we've got some of the big ones planned, the ones that have been requested for quite a while, and we can't wait for you to hear them. On the social medias, we are at Making Kayfabe. As you know, an insane amount of work slash Googling goes into every Making Kayfabe episode. So if you want to support us, you can do so on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Making Kayfabe. Join the £5 tier or above and you can get access to 16 exclusive bookings that are for patrons' ears only. But hey, I get it, cost of living's going up, so if you want to support us without paying, tweet about this episode, tell your friends, leave us a 5-star review wherever you are listening to us on. It costs you nothing but goes a long way for helping us reach our goal of taking over the world via podcasting. I'd like to thank today's special guest, Tyler. It's always great having you in here, dude. Tyler, anything you want to plug today? Uh, my name on Twitter is dyslexic underscore tweets um, and that is also true of the content yeah there you go it's, it's, what you see is what you get that's it <laughs> there you go Do, does what it says in the tin yeah yeah <laughs> go follow Tyler on Twitter folks dyslexic underscore tweets and yeah thanks for being a part of today's show man I'm sure we'll see you in Book It Like Russell 5 in a few months I, look I'm, I don't I, I don't know if you're if your listeners you know, if they're not voting for Book It Like Russo to be top episode... We'll redo the top five. We'll, we'll redo the top five, all right? Whenever whenever we have five Book It Like Russo episodes, then we'll do a new top five, yeah. specifically about Book It the Like Russo top episodes. Five, and then top five Book It Like Russo episodes? Yeah. It's got to be, it's gotta be done. It. I'm in. That's you, what we're doing. Russo, Russo still won't win. You, <laughs> you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks to you too, Dylan. Appreciate you. Thank, thank you. <laughs> that was cold. That was so cold. It felt so real. 
<laughs> You're here all the time. You're not special. I could be here all the time and special. Your contract stipulates that you cannot be special. I, I, I shouldn't have signed that contract when I was drunk. I you mean, shouldn't have, no. Personally, there's good reason I'm only here once a season, so... You know... <laughs> I, I... I think any more than once, and you're gonna be... People are gonna need therapy bills. Like, and someone's gonna have yeah. to cover that, so... Once per season, we can get as hard as the two by four and three RDs, you know. But you know, just just once a season, drop drop it drop it in every now and then. But anyway, that's us, folks. We booked it like Russo, so now we gotta hit the broad, Jack. For tell, <laughs> I make myself laugh. For Dylan and Tyler, I'm Brace. We'll see you next week, Kfabers. Take care and goodbye. Bro. Goodbye. Bro. 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 Bro.